0: welcome to wisdom Talk radio a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living the exploration of the unknown has always drawn me it's it's I've, I've always said that because it's it's like the thing that has taken me down paths down roads that I never would have gone had... I not wanted to know what was hmm, along the way, what was at the end of it. So for me, travel has always been one of the ways that I find a deeper connection to myself and to my place in the world. It's also where I think in general, people can go beyond separation to that place of connection that the other is me. And so I, I think courage, trust and willingness are, are all needed in that journey on the, uh, the path of the unknown and sometimes in multiples. Travel gives us a way um, as a mirror to discover who we are. And today I've invited my friend Bibi Barami back to Wisdom Talk Radio because she has written a wonderful new book. I've been telling everybody about it and telling everybody they have to read it called The Way of the Wild Goose that profoundly captures this essence in her journey. So I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your quantum connection with your inner guidance by taking the quantum connection quiz. We're each designed to connect with source differently in our own unique way. And so knowing your own style is the first step of aligning with your inner guidance at a deeper level than you ever thought you could. And that is the secret to having abundant flow in your business and your personal life. So Colorado native writer and anthropologist Bibi Barami is the author of several travel books, including two memoirs set in France, Café Oc and Café Neanderthal, and her newest, The Way of the Wild Goose, set in France and Spain, where she's lived on and off, researched and written about since 1986. Bibi has also authored several comprehensive and they really are, and literary travel guides, including Moon Camino de Santiago, which I've pulled out because I am really seriously now looking into doing the Camino next year. She's also written The Spiritual Traveler Spain and Historic Walking Guides Madrid. Her essays and articles appear in BBC Travel, Wine Enthusiast, Archaeology, The Bark, The Pennsylvania Gazette, Voters.com, Bon Vivant, and Perceptive Travel, among other publications. Welcome, Bibi I'm, I'm really excited we get to have this kind of a conversation again.
1: Laurie, it's so great to be back. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Yeah, it's taken us a while to get here and finding our dates and doing all of that, but we're here. Yeah
1: everything
0: in time on time it's the the Camino it's the that's right huh well that's an interesting question I hadn't even thought about um I I mean I want to start in a different place however do you find I know you, you wrote so much about that that everything in its time the right time on the Camino but do you find how do you find that in life
1: I find it thanks to the Camino, having learned it on the Camino, and how well it works, uh, that it just by applying the same openness and trust that you know you can uh, you can really clarify what's important to you and and work toward that direction, mm-hmm. but not force fit it. And it's the not force fitting it that lets the right timing come into play. Ah. So you're already in action, you're already doing something toward that, but uh, it'll have its own sort of dynamic of, you know, when the doors open and when it feels the right time to jump right in. Um,
0: Okay, just just like that question, it just sort of came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) But I do want to, I mean, The Way of the Wild Goose is such a mm, captivating and unusual title. And it's a theme that is is so prevalent through the book in so many different ways on a symbolic level, but also in a very real way. Um, Tell us about that. I'd (laughs) love because that can help set the stage, I think.
1: I'm so glad you asked this, because uh, at first you're thinking the goose. (laughs) What does it have to do with? The Camino, a spiritual journey, travel—any of that—and mm-hmm. and surely that's also what I thought when I started hearing about the goose or the goose footprint, you know, that three-pronged uh, shape. And and I just thought well, that just makes no sense. Uh, what does the goose have it? And I feel like there should be a warning label on the book for readers saying. Uh, once you start reading about the goose you are going to start seeing the goose everywhere that actually there's a lot about the goose you know and uh on specifically on the camino i i started i really let me go back to when i first started hearing about it Mm -hmm. i first started hearing about it uh, first when i just you know was um, in spain and was starting to learn to read spanish and then i was there was just literature, Spanish writers would write about it. And then I started learning French and French writers would write about it. It was always connected to the Camino de Santiago, the pilgrimage route to Santiago de Compostela, where the purported bones of St. James, the greater, one of the apostles of Christ is buried. And, and it just, I just thought, what does this have to do with that? And, and then I finally got to walk the Camino, and, uh, when I was my first, the first time I was on the Camino Frances walking the full through trek, I'd walked portions of it before, but this time it was the full through trek. was when I started really meeting pilgrims. And this is about two decades ago, more, more than two decades ago, mm-hmm. uh, who were mostly from France and Spain. Again, with that literature, think of, you know, where I first heard of the goose Saying that they were they were walking a spiritual path, not just the Christian spiritual path, but an esoteric initiatory path that maybe was even older, and that they were following signs. And one one of the pilgrims, especially who I met in Burgos, I said, "What kinds of signs?" And he said, "Well, you know, we've got arrows and and scallop shells that what we expect, you know, as pilgrims on the on the Camino." But then there's also the, the footprint of the goose or just the goose itself or or other signs in this area that just pop up to you that you think that's a sign and you need to go and see what's behind it. Mm-hmm. Why did it pop up then in that particular place? And it still really didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But the more I started consciously thinking about it, the more the pieces started coming together and I started seeing this much bigger... Tapestry unfurling before me, where the folklore of of Europe, the native folklore of Europe, was interwoven with these geographies that were heavily trodden by pilgrims from all across Europe. That was telling of this older story of our relationship to the earth. Mm -hmm. And our relationship to the earth as a sacred being, you know, the great mother Mm and the mother earth, the great goddess. And things that were very, very obvious and everyday and present for people who lived on the land and grew their own food, herded, hunted, gathered, planted crops, that um, there is this, you have to be in a reverential relationship with the earth if your whole livelihood and survival are based on it. But you also fall into a reverential relationship with the earth when you spend that much time with your hands in the soil or with the animals Mm -hmm. and you just see nature's rhythms. And as a lot of these writers that I started reading, that were getting me more and more into the center of what does the goose represent? They were saying, you know, this goose comes from a time when we understood the language of nature, when we spoke the language of the animals, when we spoke the language of the birds and especially the language of the birds was repeated many times. This, Understanding of 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 life around us and its cadences, its seasons, its nature—not just human nature, but mm-hmm. animal and plant nature—and um, the folklore. Also, you know, I'm, I'm going to I'm going all over the place because this stuff is all over the place. Yeah, but yeah. it are painting does such a beautiful congi- picture. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that because it really does cohere into this bigger story of. You know, one, one piece is uh, Jacob Grimm, one of the brothers Grimm, who wrote in his uh, Teutonic mythology when he was his more scholarly work, putting it in this tome of all these stories that he and his brother had gathered and collected, that he started seeing patterns. And one of those patterns was that, you know, in, in southern France, there's this being called Pedoc, who is in, in Occitan, the goose-footed queen. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, in southern Germany, we have an old goddess, a pre-Christian goddess who is goose-footed. And her name is Percha. Percha, I might be butchering that, please forgive me. (laughs) And and he said, and I see a similarity with other bird-footed, waterfowl-footed goddesses from all the way from Scandinavia across through Germany into France and towards the Pyrenees. And By then I was already immersed in the folklore of northern Spain and southern France, and I also was finding bird-footed women who were old divinities. And then it was Grimm who said, and I think she's related to uh, Mother Goose. Uh, So, you know, then Mother Goose gets pulled into this. And it mm -hmm. seems like as we started as a society in the larger sort of conventional way, we're moving more and more in a patriarchal, sacred direction. The, 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 the religion was dominantly patriarchal. I mean, you have celibate monks, you have a whole order that's just men. That's very patriarchal. Mm-hmm. And, and the voice of the feminine divine was being more and more diminished, that, that it's around this same time that Mother Goose, as this safe, innocuous character starts to emerge. Who's telling us these stories, children's stories? But when you really listen to the stories, they're old Earth wisdom stories. Yeah, and about a morality that's earthbound, and uh, so these were ways that this old connection to the Earth continued to hold on, even as could do so
0: in the face of this patriarchal dominance. Right,
1: right, and why the Camino then associated with this, there's a whole other new layer then, but it's associated with all of this because this is the native indigenous folkloric sacred Mm -hmm. underpinning of, of the territories through which the Camino runs. And then you have in the middle ages right up to today, this network of roads all the way, they're making their way all across Europe to the Northwest of Spain. On a sacred, holy road and mission, that uh, it, you know they're they're coming from all over Europe and they're meeting each other and they're talking and they're they're sharing all these ideas. So there's this rich diversity that's that's continuing to be also um, carried forward and 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 cultivated with each other and these old ideas with the newer mingling, and um, that on top of pilgrims would start to equate themselves as being like geese because they were migratory creatures themselves. Ah. They would find a way to come together and look after each other and navigate together. They would also use the flight of geese, the actual flight of geese themselves to navigate, to know, know their direction towards the west. They were going west and then when they were coming home, they needed to go eastward. And the flight of geese in, in Europe is a traditional flight. It's for the longest time. Geese come from uh, you know parts of of Scandinavia and they make this northeast to southwest flight across mm-hmm. Western Europe towards the, the southwest corner of Iberia. Mm-hmm. And so if you know that, which you would if you were a herder, a planter, a hunter, a gatherer <laughs> in the Middle Ages and earlier. Um, you would you would know, okay, I know what direction they're going, I know what season it is, so I know my orientation as well. That was during the daytime. And by night, they would follow the, the stars. They would follow the Milky Way. And they knew how to read the constellations and the stars and navigate by night that way. So the Camino was known by the Middle Ages as the way of the wild geese, as well as as the way of the Milky Way. The,
0: wow. Wow. The, and, and- yeah. I think the mm, I talked in the beginning of and, and, I, and I'm thinking about it in a different way. I talked in the beginning about that 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 draw of the unknown. And the, the, the walking, the Camino seems very much about that, That inner urge to walk, that inner urge to explore, to to pilgrimage. Um, I got to this past week yeah. in Mexico. There were every evening, and it happens for twelve evenings where we were. That there's a pilgrimage of people where from wherever they are, they're go- going towards the the cathedral um, for um, mm. the the Blessed Virgin and for, around celebrating Guadalupe. And and so, you know, it's music, it's singing, it's dancing, it's it's all kinds of things. But that sense of what it is to make a pilgrimage, um, to be a goose, to to follow that way. What what has it been for you and why? Why has this been so much a part of who you are?
1: Mm. There's a lot of answers to that question because it's so central to my life. I mean, I now have made my life as a Camino expert. You know, I write on it and Mm -hmm. I I journey to it as often as I can to stay in touch with it and see how it's changing and evolving. And um, boy, it I think I just, I love, I, I, I think I have the, very much the the personality of an explorer who wants to know what's beyond the next hill you know and (laughs) and I've also discovered there's a real magic to taking a risk to step out of your comfort zone and to leave your front door and your familiar environment and go out there and find out what it's like because what it's like out there no matter what image I have of a place because of what I've heard about it Mm-hmm. it's a completely different place once i land and i get immersed into it and it's always far better and you know and especially think about places where we might have not so positive associations those places if you actually go and and immerse in them and meet the people and walk in the landscapes you discover they're a lot better than any of our preconceived ideas mm-hmm. and and then places we have really positive associations with it shows up and it shows you something entirely different and unexpected that is better in the sense of it's so real and it's so beautiful. And, and so I just, I love going there and just finding out what is a place really like. And, and then I discovered that when we do that, you know, and this is where I think pilgrimage comes into place and why I love pilgrimage. I mean, to me, I don't like traveling unless there's a pilgrim, pilgrimage element to it because Um, pilgrimage is like travel with a focused purpose that is bigger than ourselves it's it's you know i mean it's a curiosity about the world but it's also you know officially you're going to a holy site
0: okay so that's what i wanted to ask you pilgrimage is not necessarily you're going to go do a long walk
1: no because even, even people who, like I've met many people who walk the Camino and they're the, the very beginning, they're like, I'm not religious. I don't even think of myself as a pilgrim. I'm just here because I hear it so great and I want to go for a long walk and explore this wild and cultural terrain that's just so historic and has all these beautiful churches and partake in the social life of the pilgrim and have the communal meal at night. And they're really compelled by that. And, but somewhere along the line, and usually earlier rather than later, they discover they are a pilgrim and they've been initiated to a sacred walk. And that sacredness is just by the orientation of being on a road like that, a path like that, heading towards a holy site, even if for you, you haven't yet identified as that site is holy. You've just, you wanted to come along for the journey you heard about was so exciting or interesting. Mm -hmm. The the outside world meets the inside world at a level I've never experienced before where the two are then walking side by side. And the inner journey is very, very present with the outer journey yeah. in a way that is a, as a, as a, just a traveler, which right. I don't want to, you know, put down just being a traveler. Cause I think that's fantastic that somebody will get themselves out there and
0: travel. Sure. sure. And, and get but, to discover new things, but this is right quality yeah it has to do with that inner and outer experience
1: you're pretty much guaranteed on the camino and i would wager any other pilgrimage route that asks you to walk Mm -hmm. that far to get to the sacred site Mm -hmm. that um you are you are going to have a a, an inner journey it's just going to show up and there are things inside you that will start appearing and and uh that 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 just the walking and the, on this path pulls out. And, and oftentimes in uncanny ways, like, you know, something occurs to you as you're walking. Because I mean, think about it. You're, you're walking for, it's like say eight hours a day, mm-hmm. sometimes, some more, some less, you're carrying only what you need on your back. You are um, trusting that you're going to find a place to sleep or even if you booked ahead, you know, but you're still simplifying your life mm-hmm. with, with, you just carry what you need on your back. You you walk. You sleep. You get up. You do the same thing. You walk. You sleep for eight hours to a lot of a lot of reflection and things to come up and just the meditative action. That's the other thing to answer your earlier question about what's so appealing and compelling for me about pilgrimage and the Camino. It's I am a, I love meditation, but I'm not a good sit down meditator. Mm-hmm. As soon as I go on a walking meditation, I'm just so, it, it brings presence more immediately for me. And, and it just is a natural fit for me. And I, th- that, I think that happens with everyone who walks, you know, it is a walking meditation. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing it for eight hours, it opens up a lot of space, not only to get really good at it, but then for all these things that normally we don't have time to reflect on they just start coming up to the surface and as we're walking we're processing in this cadence like this prayer bead rhythm you know, mm-hmm. of your footstep mm-hmm. and and processing and then the most beautiful thing is when you start dropping the, all the stuff you don't need anymore metaphorically on the side of the road and some pilgrims even pick up rocks and put it on you know one of the markers mm-hmm. as a gesture of saying okay I've I've forgiven myself for that. I've let go of that barb that somebody said you know five years ago that still comes back and bothers me. I've um, come. I've found a place of peace with my father's death. You know all of these things. People just start processing, and so it's a guaranteed journey. The interior journey is guaranteed with the exterior journey. But on top of that, as you get into this rhythm, people start showing up too who help you, they really help you midwife, whatever is coming through you and and, and birth it or let it go. And it's uncanny, the the, the, the synchronicities, the coincidences of who you wind up walking with when you're thinking about something that's just come up in your processing. And it turns out the person who's just stepped in, in stride next to you is having either the same issue Or is a super good listener and then winds up saying the one thing that helps you completely uh, release it or or understand it or you have an aha moment with it. Uh, That just never gets old because it is a guarantee it happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about, uh, you walked with your friend, Sarah, and Sarah is actually how I know you. Uh, yes. How we first met. And I mean, that was one of the pieces because you, you did, this book is three journeys long, which is pretty <laughs> amazing. Right. And I want to ask you about that too. But, yeah. um, but walking with Sarah, uh, this is, I'm, I'm asking this because, as I've said, as I've given voice to, this is something that I think I want to do next year. I've had all these people say, oh, yeah, me too, me too. Can I come with? Can I come with? And and I'm really questioning that. You know, I don't know if I want anybody else to come with. I'm terrified to go myself. <laughs> and I also don't know if I want anybody else to go with me. So can you speak to that a little bit from a personal standpoint? And Sarah Absolutely. was very used to, you know, doing, doing pilgrimages. So... Yes,
1: yes. And um, indeed, you know, and, and to just touch in on, on the book, it's three pilgrimages that I devoted consciously to tracing what's what's the goose about on the Camino. It was sort of, you know, it set me on this this mystery quest, yeah. you know, and I and it took three pilgrimages to for myself to puzzle out what what's the goose symbolism and with the Camino, what is all of that about? And the first pilgrimage in the book is indeed with Sarah. Uh, it's a pilgrimage in France, on one of the, the historic routes in France, in South, southern France. And by the time I had uh, decided to make that pilgrimage with her, and she was actually on a, a separate journey, a separate pilgrimage for herself, but she she and I had met, and we had both walked the Camino before m- many times, and in my case, almost every time by myself,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and my, my first choice is to walk it by myself. Um, and I will definitely go into reasons why, but when Sarah said, do you want to walk this together? It just, it hit that chord of, of just knowing inside that there was no doubt whatsoever that yes was the answer, uh, uh, you know? And um, because I was just thinking for one thing, you know, she's a veteran pilgrim and she knows, I, I already had told her about this whole mystery of the wild goose that I was trace, chase, tracing and chasing, you know, <laughs> and, and, and she she, she kind of knew that, you know, this would really help me get deep into some of the material that, you know, on the ground that was associated with the goose, because these roots in, in Southern France are running right through traditional goose territory. I mean, this is, not only where the wild geese and their migratory route would stop to rest and feed up and then continue but this is these are called these are these are regions in France that are known for their goose and duck products you know foie gras and confit right. and cassoulet you know <laughs> so we were walking right into the heart of goose territory so it was really easy to say yes Um, And especially because I I knew her well and I knew she has the same sense of independence that I do. So Mm -hmm. we were going to respect each other's pilgrimage and let it be what it needed to be for each other. Mm -hmm. And so we knew there would be days where we we might want to walk separately or we didn't want to talk a lot. Or, you know, there would be days where we really wanted to talk a lot, but we needed to make sure the other one was also open for that and not in a space where they needed quiet and, and, and solitude so that was somebody it was really easy to say yes to um, I, I like to walk by myself because I really like to listen to what feels right to me and where I want to stop and where how fast I want to walk um, I don't always want to be talking I want to have moments of, of, of total silent you know retreat you know mm-hmm. as I'm walking. Mm-hmm. And and I've also found that when you're walking the Camino, unless you're walking a really remote route of it in, in winter, <laughs> you are not going to be walking alone anyway. Yeah, there, there are going to be many people on the trail. So I would say, like, if I were to, you know, anyone's thinking about I really am finding it appealing to walk alone. But I also have some friends saying I'd like to walk with you. I would say, have a really honest conversation with those friends. If you're even thinking of saying, yes, come walk with me, that gives you that much space and freedom to do your own walk anyway.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, maybe you can even say, why don't we all walk it alone, but at the same time and touch in with each other Mm -hmm, Um, and have an agreement that we're going to be just really honest from the beginning not wait for it to, you know, kind of fester, but from the very beginning, say right now, I need my space, you know, or right now I'm finding now that we're on the ground after all those months of planning, I'm finding that this next week, I actually really do want to walk by myself, you know, and, you know, let's just, you know, send each other emails at the end (laughs) of each day and see where we are, you know, because they might later come back and say, Oh my God, I'm so glad you did that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had the courage to just and to that. Um, everyone, even I, yeah. Right before any pilgrimage starts, I, I'm 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 b- a bunch of nerves. Yeah. You know, even though I've done this before, I'm nervous about you know everything. You know, landing, everything unfolding, and then but as soon as you land it just starts into motion and, and, and you know exactly what to do and you know, you're in a good place and it's, there's so much support there. So um, I think it's also just really empowering to walk alone, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: whether you're male or female, it's incredibly empowering, but if you're female, it's empowering in ways that are, are, I think even more expansive because you just find that you can be in the wild by yourself with mm-hmm. your backpack and it's totally supported and wonderful.
0: Wow. Mm, thank you. Thank you. That's, mm-hmm. that's helpful. And it's, I think it's good for the audience to hear what's possible. Yeah. yeah. Because it feels like, and I've read several of your books, so it, it always feels like your commitment to that inner listening is, is vital. Is it's more like it's an essential part of who you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pilgrimage teaches too. Yeah. And also the way of the wild goose taught me that is um, how you know, I, I started pursuing this this medieval mystery really, the association of the goose and its symbolism on on the roots of the Camino. Um, with this sort of intellectual curiosity because it kept coming up and I was like, well, I'm wondering what it is. And then I started finding geese and ducks engraved on churches from the 11th and 12th century and then the folklore. And so it was this rich uh, coming together of all these intellectual pieces. You <laughs> the know.
0: anthropologist in you.
1: <laughs> right, right. And, and I was just like, so I was like, okay, so I'm just going to keep pursuing it. And this is what it's about. But what I didn't realize was as I started following the goose more deeply that I was going to become just like those French and Spanish pilgrims that I was meeting years before who were uh, initiates on this spiritual path, following signs of the goose, that I started, it just started happening. That as I started looking for signs of the goose, these um, um, uncanny synchronicities started happening. Hmm. that, that I realized, my God, I'm being initiated. This is a real thing. This road has a real energy and now I'm being initiated, but I didn't realize it until I was well past midway through, you know, my second goose devoted pilgrimage, you know, and then by the third one, I I knew, I knew, uh, and I, I was more willing to, to submit to the more personal journey. <laughs> um, and that's a part of the book too. It's just like, you know, going from, from this, you know, just I'm, 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 I'm a detective on the road looking for the goose, you know, the <laughs> symbolism of the goose to, to becoming, uh, from it, just completely turning things up on, on my head and, and just saying, yeah, okay, this is all really good, but now, now you're, you're going in. You're really going in. We're we're taking you in. And I realized there is something very real and powerful that these uh, prior pilgrims were telling me about. And they all said there was a point where they couldn't tell me anymore. They're like, you can only know by doing it.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And now, and then I started seeing what exactly they meant. And you really can't, there are things that you will only know by doing it.
0: Yeah. And then the, the next piece of that, having, been through a number of initiations, uh, myself, what I'm so aware of always is that we really don't know what that even means. Not only the experience of it, you know, it's always a unique experience, but until we get back into our life, our, you know, our so-called regular life and to see, Oh, how have I changed? Who am I now?
1: Exactly. I even think of there they're not many, but there are a few pilgrims I've met who get to Santiago de Compostela and they kind of go, well, everyone says this is a transformative journey and you're changed by the time you get here. But I, I don't feel like anything remarkable happened. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I don't feel changed, you know, and they mm-hmm. feel almost. And then um, a couple of them I was able to touch in with six months later and then 12 months later and it's like, and it confirmed this, this, this truth that um, when you get to Santiago de Compostela, you're only halfway. You're only halfway mm-hmm. home, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And yeah. sometimes you won't know the changes. I mean, I'm still. I've I've now walked well over 45 pilgrimages on different routes across Europe and in Spain wow. in France, in Portugal, mm-hmm. and France and Portugal, and the first full 500 mile walk that I took, which was not my first pilgrimage, but was the first really long through trek, is the one that is still, I'm still learning from. I'm going back to, I'm learning from all of them, though. But that one, because it was the first really long one, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still unraveling a lot of it. And then there were ones that came after it, ones that came from before it. And it's just in this wonderful nonlinear way some moments on those tracks will come back to me and I'll suddenly see them in the bigger picture of who I've become in my life and what that experience was about. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I really encourage people to be very, to not, not judge anything about their journey. And if they get to Santiago de Compostela and kind of feel like nothing's happened, just to say, just hang on there. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, this could all be still so much in the digestion stage. You know, you're still digesting mm-hmm. that, that the meaning is going to start coming up and you're going to realize it was far more significant. And sometimes we can't even handle how significant the changes are because it's too overwhelming. And mm. if you've walked five weeks to six weeks just with what you need on your back and just simplifying your life to walking, eating, sleeping, and you're meeting people, especially on the most historic route of the Camino, the Camino Frances, which is uh, across the north of Spain, from the Pyrenees to Santiago de Compostela, and it's it's the most historic. I mean, it, it because it has it's the one that was the most built up um, and has the most support structures from you know the 11th century forward. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> it's, you know, you so you're walking on, on this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know where I was going with it. You're walking on this super historic route that's the most popular today as well. So on any given year, about a, people from 190 different countries are walking it. Mm-hmm. So you're walking 500 miles. You're meeting people from 190 countries or more or a little less. But still, that's pretty... Mm -hmm. mind-blowing. Where else in the world can you go and not only meet people from all over the world, but have really heartfelt conversations with them where most people, when they meet, they don't even ask your name. They don't even ask what you do for a living. They say, what are you walking the Camino for? And what are you thinking about right now? Or, you know, you have these deep conversations with people you may never see again. You don't even know their name, but you feel like they're a sister or a brother already. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's an incredibly powerful experience to the point of overwhelming that it'll, it, you know, when you arrive in Santiago de Compostela, it's impossible to process all those conversations and all those people from all over the world you've met and all the miles you've walked. And the fact that all you need are three shirts, two pants, three socks, three underwear, a hat, (laughs) you know in a water bottle that life you know that's all you need Mm -hmm. and um so so it's it's overwhelming and then you go home and you, mm-hmm. no one knows what you've just been through, that all you need are three shirts, two pants, three socks, three <laughs> underwear, you know, and, and a water bottle. And that um, you've had all these conversations, profound conversations with people from 190 countries, mm-hmm. and they've gotten more at the root of who you are than most people in your day-to-day life back home mm-hmm. ever inquire about even, you know, and... So that's when the changes can really start happening, going back home and then processing all of these experiences. And I still hear from people that they're saying, I'm still, you know, gaining new insights and Mm -hmm. gifts from the pilgrimage I took in 2004.
0: You know, and Mm -hmm. it's, it's. And that's, you know, earlier you said something about, um, that you will continue to go back to the Camino and, and to see what's changed. And really it's uh, what I hear is whether there's something that's changed in the Camino is really irrelevant. It's about your own changes and you're getting to see your own changes as you do another, another time on the Camino. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's never the same journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's one reason why I keep going back and many people do. Many people do.
0: Do you feel like there's more for you to discover uh, internally around the goose about the goose and the, and the way of the wild goose? I think so. You know,
1: I, I think I got the core part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, In the book, you know, I really those three pilgrimages and I didn't plan on saying, "Okay, I am going to walk three pilgrimages and I'm going to discover the meaning of the goose. You know, it was no (laughs) I I took that one pilgrimage that said I'm going to go look for goose signs Mm -hmm. very consciously after years of immersing myself in the literature and reading up about the architecture and and art history and talking to pilgrims. And, you know, and, and then being on another Camino and hearing yet another pilgrim say, I'm following the signs of the mm-hmm. goose and I'm going, what, you know, or really, the really censure was for me was, and it was not one of the three pilgrimages devoted to the goose, but it was an earlier one where I arrived in Logroño in La Rioja at about the third, one third mark of the Camino Frances of that 500 mile trek across northern Spain, where I walked into Logroño and the uh, square of Santiago Plaza de Santiago, right on the Camino. It's right in the center of the historic city Mm -hmm. and saw inlaid in the plaza, a life-size game of the goose. So we're going to have to talk about the game of the goose now too, because Mm -hmm. I had heard about the game of the goose. It's like snakes and ladders or shoots and ladders. And it's a game of chance. You throw dice, you have squares on a sort of labyrinth like, or, or a serpentine-like game board with 63 squares. You throw the dice, you move your piece. Six of the 63 squares, 13 of them have goose, geese on them, and geese are lucky. So if you land on a goose square, you get to go forward the same amount that you rolled on your dice to get to that square. So, But you, there's also ordeals on it. So there's like a prison and a well and an inn, and if you land on these, somebody has to land on that square to release you you know, pop you out of jail, you know, or Mm -hmm. out of the well or out of the inn. Uh, So it's it's actually a really hard game to win because of all these ordeals and things. And then you have to roll exactly the right number when you're close to 63 to land on the winning square. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, if you roll more than that, then you have to go into the winning square and then go backwards to finish the count. On the dice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this time, if you land on a goose square, you have to slide backwards, the same number that you ro- rolled. <laughs> so it gets really complicated. kind of like life. <laughs> kind of like life. Or somebody said, or like the Camino, you know, we plan this Camino, we get excited, we think it's just gonna be, you know, day one, day two, day three, and and you land on the Camino, and no matter how well planned it was the Camino is going to obliterate your plans
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and give you something far better <laughs> because you're on the ground now and dealing with the reality. But um, so, but I was thinking, what is the game of the goose doing on the Plaza de Santiago, which is Santiago is St. James in Spanish, right? This is right mm-hmm. on the Camino. And then when I found out that a parish priest in Lograno was behind the design of that board game mm-hmm. on the square, and he himself was saying the game of the goose is a metaphor for the Camino and both are a metaphor for life. And if you were really to follow the game of the goose and the Camino at its deeper levels, you'll see it is a spiritual path of initiation. So this is where the goose and the Camino came together for me. And when I was coming out of the thinking of a parish priest, in Logrono, I even stood up and took paid more attention.
2: Yes, uh, yes.
1: And and so that was the really pivotal moment. But that was even before these three pilgrimages that I had devoted to saying, okay, the goose keeps coming up. I need to really just pay attention and look for signs of the goose myself. Mm-hmm. And the first was that pilgrimage with 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 Sarah in France. Mm -hmm. And then the other two were solo pilgrimages, both on the Camino Frances, you know, starting in France and then crossing into Spain and and going to Santiago de Compostela. And to really realize, you know, and I I didn't say I was going to do these three when I set out, but after the first one, I realized I was only just uncovering the beginnings. Mm -hmm. And then the second one taught me I'm now uncovering more. I'm a little deeper in. And by the time I was about halfway through on the third pilgrimage that was really consciously devoted to following the signs of the goose, I suddenly realized, I think I have it. I think I, I understand this as a body of, you know, lore and experience that I can convey to, to others uh, as a whole. Yeah. And so in that sense, it's complete, it's done, but it's never done. Um, I mean, as soon as this book went to press and everything was done and it was coming out, I started seeing more and other evidence for the goose that I, you know, and then I realized, but it's actually reinforcing what about I've already written about. It's just more evidence saying more of, you know, saying yes, yes, yes. And,
0: and like any path of initiation, mm -hmm. That is the beginning. That is the the crossing of the thresholds into that next moment, into what's next, into what's what it is next that you need to embark upon. Yes. Yes. There's this body of lore that you have really captured in such an incredibly captivating way. And then there's the you know, what does that mean? What does that mean for you? How does that? Yeah. How does that guide you in your life?
1: And, you know, the beauty of this is readers will find that, you know, I'm giving you my way of the wild goose mm-hmm. and I'm giving and in it is is, you know, the the references to the literature and the archaeology and the art history. And and even some of the science that that is, you know, uh, even theological debates that are just they're there and readers can go find those sources, too, and read them. So it's all in there. But then this is also this was the path that the goose revealed to me. And so at some point I had to start reading the signs for myself, Mm -hmm. not just for their universal historic meaning, but for what is it? Why is it I'm seeing this now here? You know, and mm-hmm. uh, and I, I've heard from readers that as they're reading it, there's like I said, there should be a warning label because you're going to start seeing geese everywhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And but they're saying, but it's significant when the geese start appearing, you know, it's like I'll be thinking about my mother at, while I'm driving. And then suddenly a flock of geese fly overhead, you know, and, and they're going, why then? You know, why in that moment? Mm-hmm. Because now I'm remember. I was thinking of my mother Mm -hmm. and how, you know, what I want to tell her. And, uh, so people, it becomes very personal and people will find their own goose signs and all those goose Mm -hmm. signs are very personal and, and, and signal an original journey unfolding inside each person, but it is grounded in this larger universal experience.
0: Yeah. And that's Uh, so magnificent. About uh, b- well, both about how you write in general. I mean, that's my been my experience of your writing is that it's mm-hmm. personal. It's the personal grounded in the universal. And thank you. And that is always so moving to me because we get to I get to play with that in so many different levels and know. Oh yes, this is something that reflects to me about me, but then I am not alone. And I am part of this whole. And when we can remember that we are part of this whole, it, it, everything shifts, everything shifts Mm -hmm. about our relationship to life. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Ooh, Bibi. any last words? I want to ask you how people can, I know your book is everywhere, but is there, how can they find out more about you and other things that you've written?
1: They can, uh, definitely go to my website. Um, and, um, but, but anywhere they, they like to get their information about, you know, the, the, the books they like to buy, you know, I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you have a favorite bookstore or, you know, you like to buy online, it's, it's everywhere. It, it has good distribution. Um, definitely on my website, I just joined Instagram, so there should be more, you oh, know, you, you're <laughs> Instagram
0: a and news. Photographer. Oh, Thank I can't you. wait to follow you on Instagram if I haven't done it already. I don't remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I only just got on there and I'm still figuring out how okay. it works. So, okay. but definitely, um, but you know what, just, I, I just Google, Google my name and what's mm-hmm. happening most recently is, is, is bubbling up to the top. So
0: <laughs> that's great. And I will put your, make sure that your website is in the show notes. Thank you. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again for mm, gracing our airwaves once again. It's just, it's such a pleasure to be with you, Bibi.
1: Thank you, Lori. It's such an honor to be back and to be speaking with you and with your listeners. I'm really honored. Thank
2: you. Thank you.
0: And thank you to our listeners, our viewers, because we're now on video as well for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. And if you and if you, I should say this: if you are listening to this as a podcast somewhere, know that you can also go to YouTube and find us there on the Wisdom Talk Radio channel, and uh, you'll get to see the book, you'll get to see Bibi's beautiful face, and um, and all of that. So. But always join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery and illumination. And if you've enjoyed listening today, leave us a review, because when you leave us a review, first of all, we thank you. Um, But it helps more people discover this kind of of, mm, transformative wisdom. And that also really changes the world for more also about deepening your own inner connection. With your inner guidance, take the Quantum Connection Quiz right now. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.